Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Oh, you guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. We are still doing episodes this week, folks. Uh, some of these have been recorded already. Uh, I did the interview with uh, Sarah and Nippy last week, but I wanted to wait until uh, Tuesday or today to release it because last night was the season finale of season two of The Vow on HBO Max. Uh, it's a docu-series that followed Nixium and Keith Raniere and all of the abuse that he uh, did with his quote-unquote cult uh, through DOS and, and just a tragic, tragic story with so many victims and heroes uh, I'd like to point out as well. Um, I just watched the season finale and I got to tell you guys, I am shook. Um, this hour and a half final part of The Vow season two was just done masterfully. Uh, I'm really getting getting right into it. Well, okay, I'll get into this more in a second. I want to talk because I've been thinking. I've been had I had such a down day. You know, you ever wake up and just everything is just like, oh my god, everything's gone wrong. Like every everything from the moment I woke up was going wrong. Everything up until I mean, even an hour and a half ago, things were going wrong. I'm sure if I check my email right now, things would still be going wrong. There's never enough time, right? There's not enough time. You try to do the best you can, but you're not doing good enough. You know all those feelings. That you get all the time. Well, today I got that all day, all day. Just my dick was knocked in the dirt, folks. I got knocked off my coal mining ass. And um, and I, and I, I thought, like, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, I wish, I wish, you know, I had, had I, I wish I had, uh, you know, something to believe in, you know, I wish I had, uh, I wish, I wish somebody could lead me through this. I wish somebody could make me feel better. I wish somebody could give me the tools to be able to look at my situation that I'm going through today in a better way, in a more positive way. And a, uh, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, right? We always say that. Um, <laughs> we always say that about me, don't we? No, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I thought, man, man, I just want, I wish somebody could lead me out of this. And that's what I thought. Wow. Well, isn't that what the vow was about? Isn't that what cults are about in a way? Isn't that what these things, these things that we want to believe in, that we want to put our faith in, we want to believe in something bigger than us. We want to believe in people like Keith Raniere. And I just thought, wow, that's it right there. I mean, I, I say in this interview at the beginning, I'm like, man, at certain times in my life, I think I think Nixium could have gotten me. I think Scientology could have gotten me. People need something to believe in. But right, like, that's the whole point. We're supposed to believe in ourselves. I, I think I said that on yesterday's show is that's the whole point. And that's the hardest thing, right? Is to learn to depend on yourself and learn to find your own voice in this world. And I know this is starting way more serious than most of my podcasts do, but I was just really just moved. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just once again, I am talking about The Vow. It uh, was a two-season docuseries on HBO Max. Uh, the first was right when we were knee-deep in the pandemic. Uh, it is uh, a story of Nixium uh, and the founder, Keith Raniere, and all the people around that. But um, the documentarians, Jahan Nujem and Kareem Amer, I'm sure I'm butchering their names, but they... Um, 
They came to HBO with this in August 2020, and the series deeps dives into the psychology that led thousands of people to pledge their lives, and in some cases, their bodies, to leader Keith Raniere. Now, this is taken from a Slate article, you guys. Um, But during the pandemic, I mean, it was this for me and Tiger King like it was for everybody else. But if if you used to listen to the show back then, I would talk about this every week. Couldn't wait. I just gobbled it up, which is so disturbing because what a disturbing topic. And why the volleyball? That's I finally get to ask Nippy and Sarah, why the volleyball? Why? You know, and the one thing I will say about this document, so they did the first season, right? And then the second season came out, I think, two months ago or a month and a half ago. And it started very interesting because Nancy Salzman, who was kind of Keith Raniere's right-hand man, so to say, in this Uh, And she did get sentenced to, I believe, four years in prison uh, connected to the crimes. um, Is a part of season two. Season one was kind of almost focused around the rebels. You know, Sarah is a whistleblower. Nippy participated in helping uncover Nixium and the crimes that were being committed, they were able to be whistleblowers and like kind of just started this avalanche that led to the eventual arrest of Keith Raniere. Um, but that first season was about Mark Vicente and Bonnie Pe- uh, Peachy. I, I'm saying her name wrong. She's an actor as well. But then the second six episode of part two of the season of the series, I'm sorry, um, focused on a little bit more about Nixium. And I say in the beginning of this interview, I was kind of worried where this was headed because they started to make Nixium sound kind of good. Kind of like, wow, I kind of, these tools might, might seem good. And now I realize what a brilliant thing these filmmakers did in showing that and showing that uh, it was helping people um, with their tics. Their, I mean, there's a gentleman that he, he's, uh, he suffered from he suffered from Tourette's and Nixium helped him overcome Tourette's and other people as well. So it was showing all of these kind of good things it was doing in the, uh, the second season in the first couple of episodes. And I was like, wait a sec, what's going on here? But then these last couple of episodes, uh, were really able to hone in on where Keith Raniere went wrong, uh, not even went wrong or who he is as a person. I believe that you are dealing with this sociopath here. And I think Nippy actually uses that word as well during this. And we joke about that sometimes in the form of Jax Taylor from Vanderbump Rules and certain other housewives characters and stuff like this. But this is a real person that was out there doing real harm. And the last episode, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm having such a hard time with my words right now because it moved me so much. And it just, it has me thinking so much. I wish I had seen this a week ago to process this because I just watched it and it just hit me like a ton of bricks to watch Nancy Salzman go in real time and watch her struggle with like, wait, it's like you can tell she's still wanting to believe that this was good, but then seeing all the damage it done because Nancy Salzman, you guys got her daughter, Lauren Salzman involved in this as well. They ended up being both sexual partners of Keith Raniere. It turned into when it was labeled as a sex sex cult, which is kind of the more, I mean, uh, I guess that's the more glamorous, not glamorous, but it's the, uh, you know, the titillating way to describe something when this man was just ruining people's psyches 
and doing things of, I mean, I mean, the last episode for the love of God, he was texting with a girl that he had met when he was 15, that, that her parents pretty much gave them, gave her to him to mentor. And he was having a sexual relationship with her. I mean, they, they showed and, and by the way, trigger warning. And I do have to say that somebody wrote me today because I've been saying trigger warning. And then I say the thing, the thing immediately right after, so it doesn't prepare you. But I want to say that this episode, we will talk about certain things that are uncomfortable, um, uh, sexual abuse. Uh, so I, I think I wanted to give you a heads up that if those things do make you uncomfortable and, and, and gosh, they sure make me uncomfortable, um, please do yourself a favor and, and don't, um, listen if it's going to upset you. But I also do want to tell you to rec- I recommend a little bit culty Sarah and Nippy's podcast, which we talk a lot about. They actually delve into so many different kinds of cults and different kinds of perspectives. They've got truly an amazing podcast that it's on its fifth season, I believe, right now, and they're just knocking it out of the park. In fact, I t- like they must have just been so weirded out that uh, this weird pop culture podcast that talks about housewives wanted to talk to them. But I just thought it was just so in our wheelhouse as well. Well, you guys, I just found this so fascinating, and I just remember uh, there was just something about it. And Sarah and Nippy, I just think, have this kind of amazing relationship. Uh, it's definitely a husband and wife relationship, and you see that they're still together. And I, I we were talking about life. Uh, you know, you know, you guys know I think about life all the time. Who doesn't, right? Um, is that you know, like Sarah's out there trying to be an actor and all of this. You know, and it's like it's weird the directions life takes you. Because we were talking about at Nixium, any given time, what are you having a couple of thousand people that you're being able to try to help? Because they walked around thinking that they had the secret to happiness. I mean, they really believed this. Sarah really believed this. And Sarah actually was in DOS, the secret society. We watched Nippy having to find out that his wife was branded. There's a really powerful conversation in uh, season two with him. And he shares the story of how he was able to tape record that situation, which gives me chills when I think about. But his wife was branded. And she was indoctrinated to think that this was she was doing the right thing. This was a good cause. This was going to lead to more people being helped. And then getting out of these things, getting out of quote-unquote cults or that mindset. Think about it. Think about it in terms of just the relationships you've had in your life. How you think you'll never be able to live without this other person. Just consider like a breakup, right? No, I'll I'll love that person forever. I'll love that person. And then it's, you know, you're so in that mindset. It can never be different. I know, I know, you know. And then slowly, slowly, slowly you see this light that you're like, wait a sec. It doesn't, I'm thinking differently than I did yesterday, you know, but it's really hard to see that in the moment. And that's what this documentary does so good in part two, uh, that last episode too, because the people that are still there hanging on supporting Keith Raniere, the final members of Nixium, um, I believe Nikki Klein, the actor is one of them. And you just see it's very painful. There's a, a little scene with a reporter um, that they were trying to get to write a positive article on Keith Raniere. And she's like, you know what? No one's going to buy that story right now. But there is a true story right here that I would love to cover with you guys on how you're going to pick up the pieces of your life, where you're going to go now. What are you going to do for a job? How are you going to have relationships? And to me, that just stuck with me because I was like, these people have to learn to live again. It's like a quadriplegic. 
that all of a sudden they get use of their limbs and they have to they learn. They have to relearn to walk again. They have to relearn how to speak, to communicate. But they also have to then admit that they believed in something that was potentially wrong and something that was harmful. And the human mind will do anything to protect itself from saying that we were to blame. And I think that story was just, these stories are just so powerful to me. And cults, of course, are the extreme version of these stories that we live in our lives every day on these kind of like small little bases. Bases? <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, this thing just knocked me out. It was an hour and a half. It was the longest one, I believe, yet. And it just, I, I'm going to be up all night thinking about it. Um, I, I, I swear to God, it really, I recommend this series. I haven't felt this way I remember watching, uh, I've talked about this, Paradise Lost, the HBO documentary series from, God, 20 years ago now about the West Memphis, Memphis Three. And it was one of the first docu-series I ever watched. Um, and I was young. I was a kid. I shouldn't have been watching this stuff. And it blew me away. And this blew me away in a different way, but it blew me away. They really, it's weird to watch something from an artist's lens, which I'm not saying I'm an artist, but, you know, somebody that really appreciates a story that really appreciates editing, that really appreciates filmmaking. And it just, this last episode, and if you guys haven't seen it, oh, I can't, I mean, you, I think you guys are going to agree. It just, I, halfway through, I was like, I feel like I might want to throw up. Like, I felt like I was that viscerally moved. And the last time I was that moved, it was a, a during a theater show, like a play, A Long Day's Journey Into Night, which uh, is just an amazing play if you've ever uh, read it. And... I saw it at a uh, theater in Arizona when I was in college, and my buddy was in it. And I was like, it's a three-hour play, I think, where Eugene O'Neill wrote it. And it was that thing where you were so moved. I was so moved by this production of it and the story it told that at the end, I jolted up to give it a standing ovation. And I realized that I couldn't stand on my legs because I was so shaky from all the emotions I was feeling. And that is kind of how I describe my just watching this. Poor Sarah Nippy, man. I, I gotta tell you, and this is what sucks too, is Sarah invited me to the season finale. They did a viewing party and a Q&A afterwards last week, and I couldn't go because um, uh, I, I was in... Uh, I was in Arizona at the time and I couldn't go and it just kills me. It kills me that I couldn't meet her in person because I had such a good conversation. And by the way, this conversation is filled with a lot of laughs. I know that sounds wild to say, but it is. Trust me, folks. And remember, there are timestamps so you can skip right to that interview. And I'll put that. I'm going to put those further up, those timestamps in the description. Somebody gave me that note today and I thought it was a great note as well. But I really would have loved to have met her in person, and I was so bummed. And, and, and you know, just such a fan of this series, which is so weird because this series is about a man who harmed many, many people. And that's weird to be a fan of, right? I was talking about how I uh, – you'll hear in the interview. But – and there was a Q&A afterwards, but I've got to imagine – I would love to interview Sarah and Nippy again because now I just want to talk to him about that last episode because I hadn't seen it yet. I hadn't seen the last episode before I talked to them. I talked to them last Tuesday or Monday and I wanted to wait so it could get the massive 
but I'm just like, damn, that must have been the most somber Q&A ever because it, 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 it was life affirming in some ways and tragic in others. And just the whole of it, this whole journey that we've been on watching this documentary series and, and these people's real lives. Remember, you're going to hear from two people today, Nippy and Sarah, who actually lived this and who actually got out and did so much good. And now they're doing so much greatness for people just to learn about cults and all of these perspectives. Like I said, once again, their podcast, A Little Bit Culty. You can find everything about them at a littlebitculty.com. And I tell you all about that during this whole interview. I just wanted to mention a couple of things, which I think kind of ties into, before we get into Sarah and Nippy, is uh, everybody was talking about the Chrisleys today because they got their sentence. Uh, of course, the Chrisleys from Chrisley Knows Best, which is a reality series. And of course, you would at this point say, well, Chrisley, uh, the obvious joke, uh, doesn't know best, obviously. Um, and this is a really interesting, sad, um, but expected thing is that Todd and Julie Chrisley sentenced in fraud tax crimes case. Uh, this happened today. And they are... Uh, they were found guilty in June of conspiracy to defraud banks out of more than 30 million in fraudulent loans. In addition, they were found guilty of several tax crimes, including attempting to defraud the Eternal Revenue Service. Uh, the judge gave Todd Chrisley 12 years in prison with three years of supervised release. His wife, Julie, was sentenced to seven years in prison and three years of supervised release. And their accountant was sentenced to three years in prison and three years. Of, OK, so these people got sentenced today. And uh, a lot of people I saw online, the discourse is, you know, I mean, this is sad at the end of the day, but at the same time, they they did a crime, right? I mean, the vow, we, they talk a lot of Keith Raniere talked a big game about morals and ethics, yet he couldn't follow any of his own ethics and had no morals, uh, like a true sociopath. So there's that thing, and this comes up a lot. And do you notice it comes up a lot, especially with reality show stars and these people out there? We were, I was thinking of, I made a meme, a silly meme earlier, because that's how I express my emotions is through memes. Uh, you got Jen Shaw. She's going to be sentenced uh, in the middle of December, I believe. Her sentencing is coming up. Uh, tax, uh, I mean, that's uh, money, crimes, financial crimes as well. And then, of course, we just had Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. How is everybody doing? Uh, she was sentenced last week as well. But once again, we're kind of dealing with, uh, I mean, it pivots, of course, from the vow, but it's all these people that are lying for some reason. There's, there's, this, there's this thing in life where we're just not happy with what we have. We need more and we're willing to lie to get it. And we're willing to hurt other people or step over them on the way up. And then unfortunately, you do have to face what you did at some point. I mean, we all have those things, right? Whether it be if you, man, I heard, like, dude, I hurt two P, I heard two of my friends today. I, I couldn't go to this one thing and I couldn't do this other thing. And I'm like, man, this sucks. I, you know, cause, and by the way, I, I couldn't, cause I was working. I was doing, and I had work at legitimate work excuses. And it just, you're just like, man, oh, that sucks. I hurt these people. You have to face that sometimes. You have to be like, oh, that does suck. I hate that I hurt anybody. But then there's, you know, these people take it further. You know, you're dealing with like stealing from people or you're dealing with sexually assaulting someone. 
in the case of Keith Ranieri, or forcing them to do things, or your bidding, or making them your slave. I mean, this, these things, we live in a society. I mean, that's the famous line, right? We have rules. And, you know, there are those parts of the vow, especially where they're almost trying to talk themselves. Like Keith, like, in ancient Roman days, the age of consent was, you know, it was different. You know, like he's trying to teach some lesson. I'm like, what a weird lesson. And everybody was so indoctrinated at that point because they wanted to believe in him so badly that they would just buy anything that he said. And he knew it. That's the only thing the documentary didn't get to show us. And I thought... If I got to talk to Sarah and Nippy again, I would say, what are we not seeing? Because I think Nippy even says in this interview that he is, Keith is a dork. Because they never were able to come up. They never were able to show what was so charming or special about Keith. Because from the lens, it just looked like a geek playing volleyball, doing like that guy that was always giving you creepy massages in high school and your theater group. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, like he was, he just seemed like that creepy dude. Weird long hair. I mean, then he kind of, it was just weird, you know? They weren't able to, I mean, you would have all these other ladies saying what was this amazing thing about him, but the actual video footage that they have of him. It always just made him seem like such a loser. And even the text messages to these girls, just he was comparing his penis size. And you could tell he was jealous of another dude's penis. And I'm like, this guy is a cult leader? This guy is some sort of god? Are you kidding me? Don't you love how men, at the end of the day, we really truly care more about our penises more than women care about our penises? Do you do? I mean, I'm sure all the women listening are going, wait, you're actually wrong. No, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's. But men are obsessed with it. And you think this man who's trying to uh, give people the quote unquote tools of empowerment and belief and all of this stuff. It's just another weird, creepy dude obsessed with his penis size. And that's usually who we make reality shows about. But we made this amazing documentary, The Vow. So let me give you a couple more tidbits about um, uh, Keith and Nixium and uh, The Vow. Uh, Keith is a uh, a 62-year-old man that was uh, sentenced to 120 years in prison, so he will die there. He is currently, like I said, incarcerated for racketeering, human tra trafficking, sex offenses, and fraud. He co-founded Nixium, which was a purported self-help multi-level marketing company headquartered in Albany, New York. This is from the Wikipedia, you guys. Um, he wanted, he was referred to the members of Nixium as Vanguard. That's how you were supposed to refer to him. I will call him Little Keithy. Um, between 1998 and 2018, Nixium developed a following of thousands, including celebrities and wealthy socialites, through its personal development seminars. Sounds a little bit familiar, right? Scientology. But it seems like it was less successful than Scientology up to that point. Um, but scholars in the fields of religious studies, law, and sociology describe Nixium as a cult. Uh, and Ranieri as a cult leader. Multiple accusers identified Ranieri as a prolific sexual abuser of women and girls since the 1980s. Offenses related to a secret society within Nixium known as DOS or The Vow. The Vow is the vow that they gave to him, to Vanguard. And they would um, sear, they would brand you. 
and I think it was seven strokes. And there's uh, audio footage of him talking to Allison Mack, like, oh, maybe they can say something with each with each brand, with each line of the brand. And the brand they found out ended up spelling his initials, Keith Ranieri, and there was an Allison Mack connection as well. Um, but this inner circle um, was really what kind of exploded everything. Uh, the Eastern District of New York convicted Ranieri of racketeering for a pattern of crimes, including sexual exploitation of a child, sex trafficking of women, and like I said, conspiracy to commit forced labor. Um, and that is how his story is going to end, where he will die in prison. Uh, I say this to Nippy towards the end of the interview is that I kind of just wonder, I kind of get nervous what he's doing in prison, you know? I mean, in the last episode, he says, well, you know, I'm committed, uh, I've committed a sex crime, so um, they'll probably kill me in prison. But right now, I believe he gets one hour of exercise every day. He's able to get up. But I just get worried of, don't you ever get worried about it? Like even those cult leaders, their communications in prison, like what damage is he doing just by handwritten letter? What damage is he doing by conversations over the phone? I mean, this man obviously was able to talk his way hoodwink his way into so many people's hearts and minds. And that is truly frightening, especially when you see him in those volleyball outfits. Uh, so, uh, so anyways, I just think it's interesting. And I wanted to leave you with this, uh, these lyrics that I've posted before in this show, but it's, it's, it's from an acoustic version. Don't roll your eyes. You guys, I can, I can already feel this coming from counting crows. one of my favorite bands of all time. This is the acoustic version of Mr. Jones. And this always sticks out to me, these lyrics, but especially with what I've been thinking about today in regards to this mini series. So believe in me, man, I don't believe in anything And I don't want to be someone to believe You should not believe in me I love this version of this song so much, you guys Because there's multiple heartbreaking moments that have nothing to do with the vow Anyways, but... There's one line earlier in the song of like, uh, man, I wish I was beautiful. We all want to be, you know, we all want something beautiful. But these lyrics, so believe in me, the one character says, and the other one goes, man, I don't believe in anything. And I don't want to be someone to believe and says, you should not. And the other character says, you should not believe in me. But to me, there's like this, this whole thing built up in this of just belief of believing in somebody, of wanting to be somebody who believes in something. You know, because we're like, no, 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 I, I, I can't believe that. I, I'm not going to trust myself with that or I'm not going to do that. And so when people put their trust in someone and people believe in somebody and then they abuse that power, that's just awful. Okay, so this is just literally not the funniest buildup ever, but I swear to God, these guys are amazing. I swear to God, I just wanted to get all that off my chest. That really, that, guys, the vow part two, that last episode effed me up. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. And like I said, this podcast, thank you for allowing me to go to different places. Yeah, of course, we make fun of reality TV and all of that jazz, but we also... This is my passion, you guys. I love these kind of docu-series, and I love talking to people that have been through these challenges in life, and they're on the other side of it. Even if they don't know it, they are, and they're doing these amazing things. And our two guests, Sarah and Nippy, uh, are just 
I got along with them so well. And uh, I think Nippy warmed up to me a little bit into it. And and I just, I, they just, I want to hang out with them. They're those people that you kind of want to hang out with. And I think at the end of that, you're going to want to hang out with them too. And you're going to go over and listen to their podcast and really, really learn something from it. And they're just such good natured, fun, loving people that they walk you through it in this perfect way. And I say that about a thousand times during this episode. And I was just so excited. Um, so we, this covers everything. Of course, it covers the vow and Nixium, but it also covers other cults. It, it covers their personal story. I had a thousand more questions, but the great thing about doing this is that sometimes you throw it all away and just kind of see where the conversation takes you. And uh, I was just so thankful to have them on. So without further ado, the hosts of a Little Bit Culty, which you can find everything at a littlebitculty.com. And they're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and give them five stars. And I'm going to say that 10 more times during this interview. But here they are, finally, Sarah Edmondson and Anthony Nippy Ames. Today, we have guests that I have been wanting to talk to for years now. And the funny thing is, the reason I wanted to talk to them for so many reasons, I mean, one is because they're still together after a traumatic event in their lives. And I always, you know, I love love, but also uh, they were in a show. I call it a show, but it was a docu-series called The Vow on HBO. And we were all so in our bubbles during the pandemic that I was obsessed with this thing. I mean, I felt like I was joining in the cult with them each week. I was waiting for new. And then there was a competing series, I think, on Showtime. And then I read Sarah's book, Scarred. And then I was just digging deeper and deeper. And then I found out they have a podcast. And their podcast is going to knock you off your ass. I'm telling you, I don't usually listen to podcasts podcast because I don't listen to reality show podcasts because that's what I do, but I listen to their podcast. And in season five alone, they've already talked to Eckhart Tolle. I mean, they've talked to, I mean, they even made gymnastics fascinating for me last week. I mean, <laughs> Eckhart Tolle, they, I mean, they, they had Rachel Evan Wood, who I loved her documentary on HBO Max as well. Of course, the second season of The Vow is out now. And I'm so curious to talk to them about all of this because the first couple episodes, like I told you guys, I was really questioning where we were headed with all of this in the second season. But more importantly, I just want to recommend them. And I know my listeners will love their podcast. Each one of these episodes are so, uh, crafted so well. The conversations are so hard hitting, but they're told by these two people who you feel like they're your friends. You feel like they take you through this. They walk you through really tough waters. And I think it's such a great, um, it's it's such a great thing to look out for in what uh, to look out for in a cult. If you're in a cult, all of these things, I've already monopolized three minutes of this conversation. So let us get into the actual. Uh, I am just so proud to welcome Sarah and Nippy from a little bit culty. Welcome to the show. Wow. What a what an introduction. I don't think I've, I've heard one quite so effusive. I'm I'm honored. I, I you guys great. Thank you. But and by the way, I've stolen Nippy's. Ice. <laughs> Ice. It's catching. New, it's catching. Uh, if you it's listen iconic. to the podcast, you'll know that. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, but I, before we get into anything, I have to apologize because we originally had a date to do this podcast. Nippy and I have never missed an interview. And this ha we were supposed to talk to you as we were moving here to Atlanta and it just got missed. And I, ha I apologize for that. But also, I need you to know that in preparation for this, I was like, oh, I no, get don't. No, no, don't I'm going to get organized and I was gonna, I'm going to listen to one of his episodes. So I know the vibe and the tone. And I happened to listen to <laughs> one out of the 560 something episodes, the one episode where you say, oh, no. 
guys, it's so weird. I was supposed to interview these two people. They just didn't show up. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And I was like, I think that might have been us. That I think it, it was. And and by the way, and this is how this is why when I watch stuff about Nexium and stuff yeah. like that was that I was like, I would totally join that place. Like they, yeah. there are times in my life where I'm like, I would have gone there immediately because Appreciate I need that. you. Nobody. It, it was one of those things. So I then I was like, I took that personally. I was like, oh my god, they realize they think I'm just a reality show podcast, no. which I totally understand. But I'm just so thrilled to speak to you guys. And the Nexium story is it weird? That I look at it or that we look at cults now as part of pop culture. Like it, it's gone past the time of just even being cults. We look at it as entertainment value almost. I mean, I think it depends on the doc. There's some docs that are very salacious and just like, this guy is so gross and bad. And that's one type of documentary, which is pop culture-y popcorn, literally. And then there, I think The Vow is in a slightly different category with some other amazing um document documentaries that we can talk about that's a little different and I think brings people on a journey like you said allowed you to go wow that that would have drawn me in which is important because our whole mission right now is to give people the fodder and the red flag so they can say and know for themselves and put that little tool in their tool belt and go oh that feeling I have when I get invited to this thing and everyone's making me feel so good and feel so special it might be true. Maybe they're a good group of people, or it could be that it's a, a, they're, you know, they're, for example, love bombing me and they're going to eventually invite me to something else, which might be more nefarious or whatever. So yeah, I think it yeah. depends on the, on the show. What do you think? I, I would also add, you know, I think as a filmmaker, when you're doing something on something as salacious with the salacious content that we had, you understand that the reason this is news is because of salacious content when you're making it. And the easy documentary to make would be like, just capitalize on that and make this guy bad. And you have your echo chamber yeah, yeah. of people who are just going to reinforce that behavior. But if you want to do one that, you know, if you do a documentary, you want it to shift people's perspective and, and you have film as a medium to do it. You want to leave them with the impression of what you just said, because the person, at least for me, the person that says, oh, I would never fall for that. I'm not susceptible to that in a lot of ways is a candidate for that because the belief that they can't fall for something that is indeed their blind yeah. spot, right? So if you can set it up in the way that you can and go, yeah, there's a point in my life where I've been open to this or yeah, you know, I could have used something like that at one point, then you know, those are the potential hooks of you being susceptible to something like that. And if the documentary filmmaker is smart enough and sensitive enough to do that, then I think it's a project that can open up lanes for people to help other people. And if it goes into the pop world where I think a lot right. of people might be, might be susceptible to it, it does something good. And then there's a, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's space for both. Um, uh, and speaking about that, cause he's, you even talk about one of your episodes I was listening to about line bending, which Keith Ranieri yeah. actually taught you about where it's kind of just slowly, you were using the example of, uh, can you babysit my kid? You don't ask him, can you babysit my kid for the whole night? You say, Hey, Hey, I got to go out for an errand. Can you watch my kid for an hour? And then you, when you're out go, Hey, you know what? It's actually an emergency. It's going to be a couple hours and you're more susceptible to watch that child for the night. But Keith actually taught you this and this was before, and this was considered, a good tactic, but you're a good technique, but you're actually in this thing. So you don't think of it as abnormal at all when you're in it. Correct. Well, there, there were lots of things that were abnormal and so many red flags <laughs> from the beginning, that, the, the, the ball, the volleyball mainly, the, right? So many, yeah. but, but yeah. the problem was, is that the very first thing that we accepted, if you continue to go past like the first day is that you're going to feel uncomfortable and we're here to work on our issues like you do in therapy. If anyone's been to therapy, you know, it's not comfortable to talk about like 
your insecurities, your flaws, or your fears or whatever. So you accept that. And then when your things you're uncomfortable about, you're directed to look internally as to what's wrong with you or what's your own, this is a next team turn disintegration that you'd consider that. Like, for example, if I feel uncomfortable with having to bow to somebody and call them Vanguard, which is <laughs> totally weird now, obviously in retrospect, yeah. knowing what I know now, I would never do it. But if I like, I feel uncomfortable with that. I've never met this guy. He's not in the room. Who's Vanguard? What do we call him? Vanguard? Like, what is that? Someone say, well, it's it's a title. And if you feel uncomfortable, you might want to look at like why you don't want feel tri- feel like you can pay tribute to what somebody's built. And maybe wow. you have like an issue around honoring that. Maybe some jealousy or authority <clears throat> issues, which may also be true. Like, I may have an issue with authority. But it doesn't mean that it's not weird that he we call No, it. I mean, right. I think that's why it's so great in that first season, especially that it is kind of you, uh, we see it through your eyes and you kind of take us through it. And we, I feel like the audience is, and that's why I think your podcast is successful and should, everybody should listen to it because you really do trust, I trust you guys. Like we see it through your eyes and that's why it's important to see that it's not just these insane people joining up for Nixium at the time. Like you really thought you were walking around with the secrets for a happier lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yep. that's it. Indirectly. Well, yeah. it was more yeah. of the tools and the questions for a happier lifestyle yeah. and yeah. <clears throat> how that got abused to go back to the Sarah's example is, you know, we were putting on sashes and bowing. There was a lot of metaphors and a lot of examples that were used to minimize what the actual abuse was. Right. So you didn't feel abused. So, for example, if you were uncomfortable with the sashes, another text might be like, well, have you ever done karate or been to a dojo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you take your shoes off. You do that. And so for me, it was like day one, I wasn't really into it, but I was like, if I want to be that guy, I'm only going to be here five days. <laughs> right. Well, See, but, right. But that's I, one, in yeah, my mind, I love, I love in my that, mind, yeah. I was there five days. I wasn't going to do any more. I'll bow for them for a couple of days and then I'll do a little more curriculum and slowly and surely. There you I go. I love that. That's yeah. You're happens. like, I'm not going to be an a-hole in that first week. Right. I'll play. Yeah. yeah. Like I still, that's, that is such a, a great way to put it. And it kind of blows my mind uh, as you get further into it though. And also, could you speak about falling in love during this, you know, like, I mean, you are falling in love with each other yet you're falling in love with not, I mean, these teachings as well. And these self-help tools. I mean, is there some kind of thing where you're speaking about um, these self-help techniques while you're falling in love? I mean, the well, show I think does. We, somewhat, I think we were, she, we were she didn't have a chance. No, no, we it, were. She didn't we, have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, Nippy, we, Nippy farted in class once. Come on. That's not even a... Nippy was the frat boy that everybody wanted to... You know, you but know. I was I was also the guy who said that what everyone was thinking, too. So yeah. See, see of, I think my theory on Nippy, too, is this yeah. is like I was a theater actor in high school. It's those guys that get injured in football in your, their senior <laughs> year, and then they go over to theater, and they end up being weirdly good in the school musical, and then all the theater girls love that dude for the rest of their lives. You except, just nailed, you just except totally I nailed it. Except I didn't get injured. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did get injured at some point. Yeah, everyone, been, everyone gets I injured. Would, everyone I gets been injured. so mad if you were at my high school. Yeah. Um, no, I just no. You and I would have been laughing like fucking crazy in theater <laughs> class because I was also that guy. <laughs> no, it's, I mean that's yeah. the, the documentary does this great thing of that. That's what I love is that it shows you the friendships that were made. It shows you the laughter that was had. It shows you that. By the way, I you you were even talking about in this last episode how mind blowing it was to see Nancy 
realize in real time as she's going through these things mm -hmm. of what was happening during like the modules and how Keith treated her. And I just think like, you see all these friendships being made, but then now you're years later and you're then having to uh, put under a microscope every little moment. And that just must be a mind fuck on top of a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. People ask us how we're doing and it's like, generally we're okay. But with this, we're, we're reliving not only our trauma, but our friend's trauma, which actually was way worse than ours. You know, some of the people that we're learning about. We got off easy. Season five. I mean, you know. I mean, people are still dancing outside of his cell, right? I mean, like there's, he still has, I mean, the, the one gentleman that they, the Tourette's episode, which was very powerful this season, mm -hmm. showing how to, to deal with Tourette's. And he, I mean, I don't know at this point where he's at, but he's, they're calling Keith, like, what do you need? We got you. And he really refuses to disavow Nixium. And, and, you know, when you see that, what are your, what are your feelings? Cause you knew this gentleman. He was at our wedding. Yeah. It's not just that we knew him. I mean, like, he was a good friend of ours. Really my, my response to that is I think you're seeing people who haven't reconciled their trauma. And while it, while it's somewhat frustrating to watch, because sometimes Sarah, Mark, myself are on the other end of it because they want to blame us for whatever, I think it's important to note that um, they're stuck in a, their own prison themselves. And yeah. Sarah and I, Sarah and I could say they were all friends of ours. We were all friends of them up until June 1st, 2017, when we both made the decision that this wasn't good. So all of a sudden we went from like heroes in the organization to villains because we changed our premise and we Which pivoted to tough as hell for you guys you know, to go through. Like just it, it, day to day. Hard. It was, was but we had tougher things to deal with at the time. And then, yeah. you know, a, a friend of ours said something to us. He's like, you're going to have to walk over dead bodies on the way out of this thing. <clears throat> until people just come and wake up for you. But I, I said this and I said this every time, if we could press a button and all those people could go back and start living lives that were thriving and, and get out of this, we would, because I know they're all good people, but I think they're tap dancing with a line right now where they're starting to get really vitriolic and they're starting to get really toxic and that behavior starting to come out in a lot of ways. And it's directed at people and whatever, goodwill or sympathy they may have built up previously is going to get ignored or it's just it's not going to manifest well for them if they don't make the pivot in life and i don't know and we don't sarah and i collectively don't know how this plays out and nor nor is it your job but you do have to study it because you were a yeah. part of it and now you actually reach uh, you know, millions of people throughout these podcasts were like, isn't that life is so weird that way. <laughs> My crazy. acting teacher always went to be like, you know, you got to go the direction the river's going, you know, and like, yeah. I never thought it would be talking about reality and pop culture like that. It was never like I knew I was a geek as a kid from this stuff. But I was like, hey, I, I got an episode of The Office or I got an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And I was like yeah. doing my, you know, but then this happened and it was like, wow, this Finally, doors are opening. Isn't this bizarre for you guys in that yes. you're like, actually, but you are helping people. But at the same time, this is what works for you guys. Honestly, this is opening the doors. It's bizarre. Like, you know, if, if you and if you read my book, you'll know this, that I, I truly do love to help people. And that's been my MO since I was quite young. And obviously, we bet on the wrong horse with Nexium. But like this lane, A, is so much more rewarding and B, because of the podcast, there's there's no limit to it. We've I think we are at like a hundred thousand episodes of uh, downloads an episode, 
you know, whereas 17,000 total went through Nexium, most of whom I've never met, but like at any given time, there was 300 people at the annual retreat. So like mm-hmm. 300 to 500 people were active at any given time. And you are a lot of people. No, it's not. (laughs) But but when you're in that bubble, it must have felt like the world. It must have felt like this is my whole universe. And that's the whole thing. We're losers. We thought we were we were we were throwing rocks at tanks if we thought we were changing the world. Like there wasn't any real tangible uh, evidence that we were changing the world. We just thought because we're endorsed by some people that were credible, we might have a curriculum that could we were laying the foundation for bringing it to stuff bring it into schools um, and stuff like that. I mean, but sometimes no. though, I don't, those talent shows, that was when I was like, Oh my God, I, I would get nervous. And like, I would even, and do you watch any footage now and ever cringe or do you oh, put yeah. yourself back in that most moment and go like, <laughs> but most, those, most of the those talent shows seen. with teeth in well, the front row. And I was like, what, what is going on here? Do you want to hear something really cringy that I've never yes. shared with anybody? Yes. We sang every center would do like a tribute to Keith and like they'd sing a song or whatever. One year we sang R. Kelly's world's greatest. Gotta go. You guys have a good, have a good rest of your life. Who did that? R. Kelly song. We were singing. "Mm, I made it. Mm, I'm the world's greatest. You're the little (laughs) ray of hope. When when you say we, who who are you? Not you. Not you. But I remember Thinking like I, no, I haven't shared that with anyone. This is top. Is it okay to laugh at these things? Like yes. I used to make, I used to make volleyball meet when the original vow. I, you guys know my silly memes, but I used to make memes of Keith with the volleyball, and then I would be like, you know, the front of the Christmas tree is Val Kilmer and Top Gun with the volleyball, and the back of the tree is Keith. And I just, it's so fascinating to watch that footage of like you know, everybody just hovering around this man. And I guess the vow does a good job of explaining a lot of what the magic was, but I still, the one thing that is left out for me is still this man seems to come off every time I see, like, it's hard to see the charm and all of that stuff. In retrospect, I wasn't a part of this. It's really hard because I'm like, this douche chills everywhere. Sorry to use that. No, 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 it's it's, fine. We can laugh. We have to laugh. It's very appropriate. I, I will say this. A lot of the footage that is being shown right now, I would say a majority of the people have never seen, and they probably didn't see a lot of Keith in that form. What there, I was mean, kissing. Like, there was kissing yeah. with Lauren Solzman. There was kissing. Yeah. Like, I was like, how, I, I thought this was a hidden relationship yet. We're having footage of this I, shown. And I think that, I mean, that's what's shocking to us. We don't know where the footage came from. So there's two things going on. There's this inner circle. So that's not a, Mark. No, that no, was, no, that no. all the footage from season oh. five or season two, sorry, is um we just found out was found in his like garage or whatever. That was so he had asked Danny, the one who's gonna be in the episode that airs tonight. She's the one who was locked in a room. Okay, you guys. Uh this is my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our sponsor. And today's sponsor is somebody that I am so excited about because I used this sponsor before they were ever a sponsor. Our sponsor today is the fine folks at Masterclass. That's right, folks, Masterclass. You can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. I'm telling you, over the pandemic, I actually, I'm not even, like, this was amazing. I got to learn from Steve Martin. He teaches comedy. On masterclass.com. I mean, just recently we talked again and again about Chris Jenner because she teaches a class on Masterclass on the 
power of personal branding. How are you going to get better than learning from Chris Jenner? You have Bob Iger, uh, which is fascinating that he's teaching a class. He teaches in business strategy. He actually just took back the reins of Disney tonight, Sunday night. If you're in entertainment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He has a class on Masterclass. Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking for the love of the Lord. Are you kidding me? And you can do all of these lessons from home. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, the web, your smart TV, and offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like I just said, and that there are hundreds more, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, right? Usually around 10 minutes long. I can pay attention 10 minutes. You can pay attention 10 minutes. Members can explore at their own pace. And that's what I love is when you sign up for Masterclass, you are a member and you can explore the page. You can download different classes, master classes. You can explore at your own pace. Each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. My gosh, I wish they gave me this option during high school. It would have been so much better for all of us. And these are all available at masterclass.com. So hundreds of video lessons from 180 plus of today's most brilliant minds available anytime, anywhere. Now, an annual membership starts at usually $180 per year. But guess what? With So Bad It's Good, our listeners, if you go to masterclass.com slash so bad today, you can give one annual membership and get one free. Go check it out. I'm telling you, just put that in to the old web browser and check it out for yourself. This is the gift that I would tell my folks to get me because my mom, and it gets sillier and sillier the older I get, I get that email from my parents of like, what would you like for the holidays this year? And I'm like, I'm a grown man. But you know what? Masterclass would be the thing that I would ask for because you get to learn lessons from people that you admire. Anything that is of interest to you, they have somebody to walk you through that. Somebody that you respect, somebody that you admire, and it's just truly incredible. And like I said, wide variety of topics. You can learn how to write anything from a book or a screenplay to just a letter. You can learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. There's an immersive learning experience because it's cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. There's flexibility. Explore lessons in any order you'd like across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, computer, and the go with audio mode. And like I said, lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so you get the additional resources as well. There's 11 categories. Like I said, 180 instructors. But this is truly an amazing, amazing offer. I'm telling you, do this not just for you, but do this for the show. Because I think this is actually something that I can offer you that I am so proud of. Like, Masterclass is dope. I know this sounds wild. You're like, Ryan, we get it. No, but you don't get it. I've talked about Masterclass so many times on this program. The fact that they're actually advertising on it blows my mind. Because it's something that I use and it's something that I know you guys would dig or somebody in your life would dig. So please go to, like I said, masterclass.com forward slash so bad today. 
And by the way, you guys, I'm going to talk about this all week until you do it. So just do it now. Do it today. And now back to our show. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, She was asked, her assignment was basically to film everything, like him behind closed doors so that all that footage was found for season two so we didn't see any of that like even when we saw keith meet allison in episode one or season one we were like what like if i had seen that i think i would have been repulsed but with that that was like private right so a lot Um, of private stuff you didn't see yeah it's it's really mind-blowing footage this past episode especially because they the to the filmmaker's credit, I was really kind of starting to get upset because I felt they were praising Keith too much. And I got this really weird protective vibe over the survivors of Nixium. But then this last episode, then it slowly builds. And it's why you see that's really good that this like last week's episode, not the one that tonight really just put it all out on the table in terms of the horrors, the abuse, the pushing that boundary so far. And this is not just for Keith, but you guys study cults now and have is what goes through or can we even 
can we even assume what was going through Keith's mind or any of these cult leaders mind when they push these boundaries? Cause they have to know it's wrong because they teach this and this and ethics ethics keeps getting brought up. What do you think goes through his mind or any of these people's minds? Uh, Sarah, you want to? It's a great, great question. question. It's a great question. It's a loaded question. I can answer it. it for, yeah. Is it different for each person? Well, each cult so, leader is it different? There's two, I'll, there's I'll paraphrase. Two main tracks. Go, yeah, yeah, I'll go paraphrase from from one episode we did with Dan Shaw. <clears throat> um, He's a narcissist expert. Yeah, these people don't have a conscience, right? So it's very difficult for you and I to project into someone who doesn't have a morality or conscience, but they understand that most people do, right? And so they elicit people's morality to navigate it. And then blind Ben, is your, is your morality really your morality? Is this bad? Is this bad? And they find that boundary and then he trying to talks you out of it. Now, one of the things that Dan Shaw said was there's nothing these people don't feel entitled to. Right. And, and yeah. that's evident in, in Keith's behavior. He feels like if it's there, it's his and he will go after your wife. He'll go after all these things and he'll try and do it in a way where it looks consensual. So I think. Uh, Keith's particular thing is he's a sex addict. Yeah. I think he has yeah. an itch, itch that he cannot. Or a control addict. Switch. Power yeah, addict. Think, which is power, know. I think. It's money, sex. But, but, I mean, there, but there definitely was a sex component yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, it oh, definitely yeah. is power. But that was what was surprising, too, was that and you're talking about ethics and stuff like that. So he's playing off, you know, knowing that we all have some sort of ethics or morals, but at the same time, he does not have to follow those rules and he doesn't have it. So he's able to use that yes. to push those lines and to play off people. Cause that was the thing. Even I started to feel sympathy for Lauren Solzman, which I had previously, I hadn't previously though. Mm -hmm. I was, and I, and I was very untrusting of Nancy as well. And, you know, it was very interesting hearing her story from her perspective and the modules and then feeling like, well, I felt like very talked down to by Keith all the time. And it was very interesting to hear that perspective because I was so rushed to jump on how dare all of these people, you know, and then you really mm -hmm. hear their story and go, oh, she was in love with him. She thought she was going to have his baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my perspective has totally shifted on Lauren. It's we've been out for five years and I went from extreme anger and betrayal to forgiveness. And I would totally, if she arrived on the doorstep right now, I'd hug her and we'd cry. It's like, absolutely. But it's, that's if we could get that on the podcast, that would be great. If we could, <laughs> yeah, I'd love uh, to film that. Um, I just want to mention too, yeah. uh, sign up for their Patreon and their link is going to be in the show description because they're going to go further into their, uh, I think view of this season of the vow, but it is worth signing up for. So I wanted to mention that before I forgot. Appreciate as that, well. Ryan. We do um, fun things there and lots of goodies and bonus. No, isn't it? Random I stuff. loved when I listened to your isn't podcasting a weird experience just it's even so before, before cults? Because, you know, I was listening to one of your episodes, the Q and a one, and you were like apologizing. Like I didn't get back to this and I, I miss things every day. I don't know. I, I miss DMS. I miss, and like people take it really personally and you're like, no, I'm just an idiot. Like I just, there's nothing, but, it's, but then you're building a community and yeah. it's, it's, it's not a cult, but you're trying to do it the right way and right. not make it you know, it's like, it's very interesting. Well, you also want to deliver too. You want to have yeah. a, a product and, and a product is, you know, fortunately for us, a way we can inform people. It, uh, yeah. You're definitely informing people yeah. this season alone. Like I was saying, and this is, I just wanted to throw some names out there to get, uh, well, first off, 
Our, season six already has to be in the work because I think you recorded all of season five. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not stopping. There's cult content for the next eight yes. thousand years. Unfortunately, there's that's what I was because I was like, oh my god, I want an episode on this and I want an episode on oh, this. Oh, what do you want? Tell us. Well, I do want more on uh, the Lori Vallow story. Um, I, I as that as that get. Are you remind me? Lori Vallow is the one that uh, Chad Daybell and they ended up murdering their spouses allegedly and then their kids. But it was based on Chad could tell Chad was um, Chad Daybell was a prophet that could tell if people like what zombie level they were. And so if he said they're like zombie level six, they had to be because there was only going to be like thirty three hundred survivors, according to his prophecies. Of course. And so, yeah, I mean, it's all makes sense when I say it out loud to you guys. I'm sure you totally understand. (laughs) But Lori Vallow was like a normal like I mean, she she was a uh, a great mom at one point. She was she was started in the Mormon religion. And then this was a, a break off sect from the Mormon religion. And it is, they do a, a two-part docu-series on Netflix that I think, I mean, by the way, Netflix, Netflix needs to hire you guys just to host a show. Like, I got to imagine, like, is that in the works? Because that my thing, I was like, you guys have great voices, but you gotta, you also kind of look decent, like, uh, not nippy, but maybe you, you yeah, Sarah, nippy's but like, like little. Dude. I mean, is there going to be a TV component to this? Because I Working would on love it. for you guys to walk us through this, even in a visual format, if that's possible. I, that's a great I love idea. that I'm asking nicely. I'm like, yeah. could you please for me? Um, okay. It. So Lori Vallow, you don't really know. It's on our radar, but we haven't done a deep dive. So what we tend to do is we keep a running list of all the groups. And then when we get like multiple requests, um, like right now, One Taste just came out, the docuseries about One Taste. Have you watched that yet? Not yet. No, it's on my list though. That's on orgasms and there's like stroking of the clitoris as a part of this. Yeah. So Okay. It's a family show, Sarah. We know know how it works. (laughs) So we, yeah. Some some of us actually don't. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, um, I went to college, Sarah. I know. So (laughs) so that was been on our list for a long time, but now that the docuseries out, like we get 10 requests a day. So that like, we try to prioritize based on, you know, what's in the zeitgeist and what, what's interesting to people. And also like, if there's legislature, you know, or different, you know, legal things going on, we try to keep it current. But um, and then we then we don't do a deep dive until we have somebody to interview because it's just too much to keep in my head. And I mean, it blew yeah. me away. You're I mean, how, you're getting Eckhart Tolle. I mean, like I grew I, I read that dude's book. I'm like that. By the way, I, I was I, I used to teach at an acting studio in Los Angeles, and you, some people called it a cult, actually, which was so funny which because, one? because we, were, we might have heard it was, of it. Uh, Leslie Kahn and company, and we were just okay. making vis- we were making vision boards and stuff. Like it wasn't mm. it was like you know we we would do scene work and stuff, but you know you followed what Leslie said, and she right. got you work. She taught you like basic sitcom techniques, and she was truly amazing. But it was funny that that word gets thrown around so easily now when it's like okay, how do we well. First off, did you watch The Deep End with Teal Swan? Oh, yes. We did two oh, episodes yeah. on that. Two one, episodes, yes. yes. Yeah. What is your opinion? Because I talked to the director of that, and he got John. hit really hard by Teal yeah. Swan. Yeah, John Casper. Yeah. You, uh, you guys interviewed him as well. I yeah, yes. yeah. 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 Um, what is your opinion? Because that was a thing where all of her followers then – by the time I talked to him, you could tell he was, he's like, I'm working on another documentary. Oh, like, no, he got is, slammed. I mean, <clears throat> you know, when I just, you were talking earlier about when they get vitriolic uh, in terms of even potential Nexium followers still, mm-hmm. that deep in the Teal Swan, you must have had a lot of recognition in that docuseries. Well, you mean in terms of their their followers freaking out? And your experience, well, yeah. just your experience and Teal, like what was like the Teal and Keith, like it seemed like there were similarities there as well. I mean, 
there, there with almost every leader, there's like, wow, Keith did that. Keith did that. Keith did that with her. You know, she's, a, you know, obviously she's a woman. There's very few, there's like only five so far that we're aware of women. But I mean, in terms of the ones that we've done research on, she has one of them and she's one of the few current uh, female cult leaders. And I, you know, it's Nippy and I kind of aren't really totally on the same page about whether or not like I'm a little bit more woo woo. I do believe in some spiritual things and people can potentially like have psychic abilities. I do believe in energy healing and things like that. He doesn't as much. <laughs> so I do believe that it's possible that she could have that. But I also think in my opinion that she's incredibly narcissistic and has her own <clears throat> trauma wound and enjoys holding power over pe people. And it's the same thing. It's like she had a mini Nexium with she had a following. I think yeah. the impulse yeah. to have a following is, is the red flag. Also, yeah. The difference, one of the That's things that right. she did is she, anything that you can't question um, with certain constraints to reality, and I have to take your word that you see colors, you see energy, and you see chakras, and there's no system in place for me to go, okay, where, how? I just have to take your word for it, yeah. and then they're dogmatic about it when you question it, as opposed to, look, take it for what you want, but this is what I think I can do, and if it works for you, great. That's a different approach. Um, I will say Teal did subject herself to scrutiny a little bit by having the camera around and didn't try to control the narratives all the time. So that tells me she's just more arrogant than diabolic like Keith is. Yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah. that's so interesting. I talk about this with, I talk about Real Housewives all the time, which is like a whole Bravo franchise. And these ladies, their egos, it's their egos that put them on TV because they think mm -hmm. they're going to come off amazing. And then yeah. they come off like cuckoo bananas sometimes. And then they complain about that. And then they start trying to self-edit and stuff. But I was like, wait, there's a show about housewives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there or fortunately for me, there is. Um, but like I, I noticed that with some of these cult leaders, I'm like, yeah. their ego, what why would you ever agree to having a camera on these things if not for a gigantic ego? Like a gigantic saying, I am a star, which I think then goes against actually helping people in the long run. She's a gigantic <clears throat> ego. And also the the she puts it's just so ripe for abuse because anything she says could be like, Well, I'm psychic. Like, no, your parents abused you. And I know that because I'm psychic. Like, it's just that's totally crazy to me. And that fact that she, yeah, like Nippy said, no one can say, wait a second, that's not right. And then if you do, then you're like on the outs or you're shunned. Like the check boxes for what makes a cult are all there. And I want to just go back to something you said earlier about um, like, you know, the, 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 the lane that we're in and then we're, our goal is not to be like, that's a call, you're a call or whatever. It's yeah. like, what, what's you get happening? the cult seal of approval. Yeah. 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 It's like, what's, what's, what's happening in this group, even if it's just like some fitness thing that you take and it's totally fine, but like you feel ashamed or you feel like you feel like bad about yourself. If you miss a class in a way that's like unhealthy, then just don't go. It's not, you're, you'd be like, that's a cult and I have to leave. But like, it's a tactic of manipulation. Well, yeah, was that, cause you're going to be on, was it, uh, Glendon Coyle's podcast, uh, yes. or you were, and, and, I, I've done it, but hasn't aired yet. Yeah, no, yeah. but I, I think you would mention that of just like, don't do it. If you, if there is like this, if, 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 if you don't want to do something, don't do it. Don't yeah. feel pressured into these situations. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about what is the mother of all cults to you guys? Is it Scientology? Is it, I was noticing some of the same verbiage that Keith was, 
was using in terms of ethics uh, as when I've like watched these, read the Scientology books and documentaries. Is there crossover? And were you guys ever in competition with Scientology where you'd be like, F them, we got the real deal over here. Like, I didn't know if there was competition within these. The competition was more with Landmark, not Landmark. Scientology. Landmark yeah. forums. I went to yeah. one of those with a friend where, the, and then you get talked to into trying to join. And luckily yes. I was broke and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You dodged a bullet there. Uh, we haven't done an episode on that because they're very litigious, but in my opinion, it's the exact same as Nexium minus the branding and the harem. But in terms of all the other stuff, like manipulation tactics, making you feel not good about yourself and very similar as landmark and asked people who created that trained in Scientology. I believe Keith studied Scientology when I was in Nexium, I, I knew what Scientology was, but I didn't know much about it. And I remember when we were still in and Tom Cruise was jumping on the couch and going clear came out. And my, my thought was sort of like how I felt about us. It's like, okay, what it like, so he's happy. Like why it's not my, it's not my business. If that works for him, it looks very like, natural. Him jumping yeah. on the couch. Yeah. Like, and yeah. here I am, I'm happy and people judge me. Like, so I yeah. kind of thought, leave them alone, leave us alone. Um, you know, we're doing our thing. And then I didn't, and then I thought very differently when I saw Going Clear, which is one of the first documentaries we saw to help us kind of unravel what had happened to us. And it's on our resource list, by the way, which I want to mention. Yeah, you guys, a little bit culty.com. You'll find everything about them, what they're doing. It's a great resource. In fact, I'm going to steal a lot of ideas from it for my website. <laughs> so no, I mean, but truly it is. And, and also, I just wanted, I forgot to say this in the intro. This is how weird that's what i keep bringing up the pop culture thing is that i bought a cameo from you guys on the first season of the vow for one of what? my friends and i was like and then i still to this day go like did i i bought a cameo from these people that were abused in this <laughs> so and, and they're like hey what's up nicole how you doing and i felt like so and then i was like is this bad but i think they get the money but i don't know but i and actually that was my thought like i hope they're on cameo and i was like what a dark thought that you guys have this survivor story and then i'm like I wonder if they're on Cameo. I'd love it's to get so a reading weird. from them. Is it's, that, so weird. Yeah. it's when somebody reached out to us to, we, we waited for like a good year before we said yes. Cause we're like, that's so weird. But then we realized yeah, like who would do that? <laughs> who would do it? Like who's going to want a Cameo from us anyway. And then it turned out that like people really related to our story. And that's probably been the most meaningful thing is to like connect with someone who's like, yeah, I used to be Mormon. And then I saw the vow and I was just watching it. Like after the tiger King, you know, it was COVID and everyone's watching the next stocky series. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I left. Jehovah's Witness, or I left an abusive relationship, or I left an acting class because of the vow. Like, yeah, that's so and the vow did a great job of extending us dignity, I think. And it, yeah. it, it really provided a launch pad for us to <clears throat> embrace our next step. Um, yeah. And to your point about like the, the leaders and all that stuff with the ego and stuff like that, it's one of the things Sarah and I talked about. It's like, whatever we do has to serve these stories, it can't serve us, you know? And I think. And you well, do that very well, actually. Oh, you know, you do that very, very Thank you. Well. We yeah. try to. I mean, it's, you're never going to be perfect because, you know. We're human. We're human and all that stuff. But I think if you can stay in that lane and really hit those lessons and people walk away with more wisdom and we turn our story into content and wisdom, you know, I'll do this as long as people will listen. Do you guys have 10 more minutes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for okay. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, what have you, has this helped doing the podcast has this helped in your healing process? And also we oh, saw wow. Nippy this season of The Vow uh, in a recorded conversation that is just being filmed from afar, just very, just very angry. And I'm sure you watched that. And I, I can't imagine watching that 
you know, I don't even know if you knew you were being filmed at the time. Oh, or he, recorded. He, he recorded himself. Oh, you oh, were going to have to upset yeah. I was oh, like, oh, oh duh. I, I was like, I was when like, I, who's when recording? When I said you branded my yeah. fucking wife? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, that was so like, yeah. That was you like the, the story here? No, please tell me. Please oh, okay. tell us the story. Yeah. So there was one of those coach summits. Um, where Around the every, time we were leaving. Yeah. And we strategized going up there, knowing we were going to leave before we left. I put Sarah and my then three-year-old on a train to Toronto. 10 hour train ride, by the way. And I went and I went to the coach summit. <laughs> Business as usual. I put, I put my phone in my pocket and hit record. And I grabbed Lauren and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about something recorded it. And then Jim Del Negro, one of the guys that was one of Keith's right hand man was right there. And I recorded the whole thing. And then I pieced out, grabbed a friend of mine, left, and I mean, so that was like a mission impossible. You knew yeah, you yeah. were going to do this, and yeah. and was it also ego that they at that point were not circling the wagons to be like, do not say anything to you guys, do not say like you. I mean, like, was there? I always find it interesting that they did slip up in so many ways. Uh, well, that's what no. that's ultimately yeah. what happens when you lose yeah. when you lose touch of with when you have yes people around it. Like yeah. You look at you look at any fall of anyone who's kind of had a fall from grace. They're always surrounded by yes people. They never have yeah. a no person. And you talked about uh, in the Eckhart episode, uh, you were he was saying like the inner circle is usually where it's the most disorganized and chaotic. Mm -hmm. And that I found such a fast because it's so true. Like I was like, yeah, like even the things that I've been a part of that have been successful, the actual inner workings are so chaotic mm -hmm. that it would just blow your mind. And I think we see a little bit of that in The Vow, especially season two of him playing women off of women, mm -hmm. the collateral that he was collecting, which by the way, we still do not have that. We don't have that collateral back nope. according to what, right? Like that's one of the reasons why there's a lawsuit right now. Right. Because the people um, who are still loyal are holding on to the collateral and refusing. And, to I, and I've sent some nasty texts to them in the past. <laughs> may, may I have those nasty texts? I would hate to get on your bad side. Like it really, like it did. They, that's what I kind of, and by the way, Sarah, is that, um, is that kind of uh, attractive when you see him uh, standing up for you like that? I mean, is that, is there, or is it, is it just like, no, it's just all bad. It is just no, I love, bad. I love that my husband has my back and well, you know, I, I appreciate it more than I can put words to. Cause I can't imagine him going, having gone through this alone. Well, yeah. someone's got to be the voice of outrage in society. Yeah. That's cause that's, I, the you're going to be mine from here on out. Like I'm going <laughs> to, well, maybe look, I may, you can criticize it all you want, but like the voice of outrage is normally what inspires change. No. Yeah. Well, we weren't allowed to be angry. That's the. That's and the if you don't indulge thing. violence, you don't handle your problems yeah, you, with violence. Anger is a choice in Nixia, right? right? You yes. have a choice yeah. to do that or not. That's why Nancy didn't call me back when I left that angry voicemail because in her mind, I'm just having a reaction. Or they called Nippy that mic drop that you just that you just mentioned the recording. They called that his tantrum. That wasn't him having a tantrum. That was him going. That was me outsmarting you. Yeah. That was me outsmarting you. They weren't, they weren't circling the wagons because they didn't know what we knew. They didn't yeah. know that we were coordinated. We, we well, did business. Also, Sarah, we didn't know what was going on. Like we yeah, didn't we, know. You that, didn't know. You didn't know the depths of no. what was going through. Yeah. Ryan, you have to understand we got dragged into this fight by Claire Bronfman when she went out, flew out to Vancouver to have my wife arrested. So they escalated. It was an arms race at that point. We didn't have many resources. We had to take $10,000 that we didn't have, hire a lawyer just to defend ourselves. Once this thing got real and we got on the cover of New York Times, I don't know that we would have gone to the New York Times had we not been forced to escalate, but we were forced mm -hmm. to play our hand. 
and our hand was that. And once we did that, you know, we didn't know that it was a blowout, right? We just thought, we just thought we were finding these little rumblings and we weren't sure what was done wrong. We didn't have all the information. We didn't know the years and decades of abuse to the extent of it. And once all that came out within about six to eight months of us being on the cover of New York times, we had a awareness that we are the least of their problems. Yeah. I mean, cause you had the Catherine Oxenberg, you had all of these things, like all of these people then coming yeah. together. Like I just remember the first dateline I had seen about it. I think was the first time I'd even heard about Nixium. Um, also may I ask, like, this is a very personal question. Don't, uh, you don't have to answer it, but like, was there ever a point where it was like, this might not work as a relationship or were you guys always uh, solid with each other in terms of your marriage? It, I mean, I think that we, you know, we had our three-year-old, you know, and that put us put things into perspective really quickly. I think there there were some fights, you know, at the beginning when we were very, very stressed that like, you know, there was mo- words said, but you know, as soon as <laughs> <laughs> like in a, re- so, wait, do you a, mean like in an actual relationship? Like an actual like- <laughs> relationship. I can't, you know, this is, a, this is a, you know, ups and downs. We've been through major, major ups and downs. So actually one of the positive things of having the podcast together is that we're doing something cathartic to answer your question. Yes. That's your date earlier. night is the podcast. It is. That well, is it's your also date like, night. It's a very positive thing that we're bringing together. And it's like, there were many years when we were just like hashing shit out and like, you know, getting people out over the phone and it was very stressful and there wasn't a lot of connection. And now we have time to do that. I, I can't imagine doing this without Nippy. Like we're, we are a solid, solid team. Look, really I, are. I said, I said in one interview not long ago, if you had told me, five years from the incident that my biggest problems would be getting my kids to school on time and still waiting for Sarah to get to the car on time. <laughs> and those are my two problems in five years. I'd take it. I'd take yeah, it. You'd be like, Oh, it worked out. All right. Then I, I thought we were going to be in litigation fighting this for whatever. And you know, now we're on the upside. We've turned a negative and in, into a positive and you truly did. Company. Like, that's what I'm saying. This podcast, you guys, a little bit culty once again, and I'm going to keep talking about it all week. Uh, but it is something that I know my listeners will like because you think Real Housewives and all these reality shows we watch are a little bit kooky, a little bit crazy, a little bit culty themselves, but actually go into real life scenarios. They, you know, real life is always going to trump anything that Bravo can put on TV. <laughs> and also, it can be really helpful because you want to know what to watch out for for yourself, for your family, for, you know, these things pop up everywhere. There's just three more things that I wanted to ask from you guys. Uh, uh, Kanye West. Um, Now that is very, you know, a lot of people, even before his most recent um, outbursts, uh, which are disgusting and horrific, uh, you know, Sunday service was something. And he, they said, Kanye is starting a cult. He is starting a cult. I don't know if you ever paid attention to any of that or if that was on your radar. It, it was on our radar a little bit. And I, to be honest, I haven't even, we've just been so busy with the vow to even follow what's happened. I know it's, I know it's happening, but I haven't like researched it thoroughly to have a, but what I will say is that somebody like Kanye is like what Nippy said earlier, when you get to that level of superstardom, you have everyone around you. It's like David Miscavige in Scientology, like everyone's saying yes and bowing down to you. No one's saying, hey, I don't think that's, maybe that's not a good idea. Like maybe we should dial that back or whatever. Like he doesn't have that. So yeah, there's no, no men. It's all yes. No, no and, and, so, it also yeah. undermines what potentially he has to, to say that's astute. So he's put himself into the Alex Jones territory, right? Where like now you're, you're sounding like a blowhard. You're coming from a place that isn't very principled. It's hate, 
and yeah. you're, you're just going to lose. You're going to well, lose. And also you can't say will. like, you can't say hateful things and then go, yeah. but this is love. Like he'll literally yeah. go, but all love, but then he'll say something really hateful. And I always find that interesting. And also interesting if, you know, you believe in God and you believe in a higher power that I'm like, isn't the higher power at this point of like, you are really abusing the power that I've given you. Like, <laughs> this is like, well, this is wild. Um, uh, one more, wanted- one more cat, one more caveat to that too. It's, you know, one of the things I don't like seeing going on the media and there's a cult of media going on is that they're, they're taking comedians, athletes, and entertainers and taking them to the mat and holding them accountable more so than they are our politicians. Isn't and that I wild? Think I think that's a distraction. You know, lower your expectations for your entertainers, lower your expectations for your athletes. Cause well, they're, I don't they're think not my the, social, yeah, I don't no, think my no, social cues yeah. from housewives. And, they yeah. don't tell me how to treat totally. people like my parents <laughs> totally. did, you know? Uh, and I, and um, I think as it comes to wait, Kanye West, more there, there's more, no, 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 there's Jeff, more Jeff. things to be upset yeah. about than what Kanye West, Kyrie Irving, Alex Jones, and these people who have entertainment things are, are saying. I think there's more things in your purview that you could, you could be outraged about. And it would make I mean, the cult of difference. politics. Yeah. The cult sure. of politics, politics is like the big, For I mean, sure. seeing what happened in America and, this and they're last, taking I mean, your money. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> you know? I mean, I just you know, want so. the emails to stop. Why do you need money still? And the the text over messages. And I'm getting, it's, I thought <laughs> it's it was nuts. popular for a second. Okay. Um, the one thing I wanted to recommend to you guys, and this actually falls into religion and politics is a new documentary on Hulu called God forbid. I don't know if you've heard of this, heard of it, not watched heard it. of it. Heard yeah. of you guys got to watch it, but it's okay. all about Jerry Falwell jr. And yes. Liberty university and the evangelicals, but talked about how they would actually test market things like, uh, uh, anti-abortion or this, and like what would actually bring in money. And it was like, just, I thought you guys would find it especially fascinating because it's has starts with like a tawdry thing about Jerry Falwell wanting to watch this kid sleep with his wife. And then it pulls back and gets the history of evangelism in there. But I was like, you guys would knock, uh, the Billy Corbin's the director. I was like, Oh, please talk to him. Lastly, oh, we'll Billy always, Corbin's we'll a director. Always, wow. always accept. Yeah. Um, Billy Corbin did Cocaine wow. Cowboys on Netflix, and wow. uh, but you should. You I mean, I don't. I, I, I can pass along. Yeah, I can pass along his information after this. Okay, but I think you guys would have a really interesting conversation. Um, and then finally, I talked to housewives on the night their shows air or any celebrity, and I'm like, do you, are you guys on a text chain? Like, do you? are you on a text chain with all of the other, with Mark and all of these <laughs> yeah. guys on Monday nights when the vow airs? You know, there used to be so many of those. Like when we, when we left Nexium, I think I deleted over 60 text change for all the that different groups nuts. that we had, like WhatsApp groups with the proctor things and the, and the senior yeah. proctor and the goals thing and the executive board and the commerce board. So I deleted so many things, but ultimately for many, many years, we had like a rebels, the rebels text thread. And it was like, Catherine, Mark, Bonnie, myself, Nippy. Um, and then like slowly that changed and kind of people went their own ways, but um, me and Mark and Nippy talk a lot and we, we, we communicate with different people here and there from the vow more. I think the community aspect is sort of broken to be honest, but we we're in, we're in touch with a lot of people. Which is sometimes an okay thing. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, sorry. Lastly, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the verdict, the verdict, Keith is in, in prison. He will be there supposedly for 120 years. I believe that was his sentencing. Yes. Do you feel that was fair and just, should he have gotten more? Um, and also what did you think about like Nancy's sentencing and Lauren, Lauren, I believe just has, um, probation. home arrest probation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nancy four and a half years, I believe. Three um, and a half, three, three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Three something. Uh, and Alice and Max still, we don't, what did she get? 
Generally, I think our consensus is we really trust uh, Allison was about three as well. She's in prison at the moment, um, but we we really trust the judge. We feel that he feel like he's got a good sense of who is perpetrator, who's a victim and perpetrator, who is, uh, you know, a menace to society who woke up like the fact that Claire is in prison because she didn't wake up. She didn't renounce Keith. She's still funding Keith legal bills. I mean, she would have a very different sentence if she'd been like, wow, I made a mistake. Keith's, an, you know, a sociopath. But no, she yeah, did not. None of this happens without Keith Ranieri. Yeah, he's the lynchman. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that is, it. That that's is why he got so much time. And that's why and you I'm, take him out of the equation. I think everyone else can go back to normal lives. And I don't believe, like, I just hate that, like, these, you read about prison fan mail. I bet I... I'm like, just, I'm imagining the abuse he's even doing in jail, just in prison, like pal handwriting. Like, I just feel like this stuff never stops. If he is the man who I believe that he is through everything. He, I've he read won't and stop. Seen. He, he won't, won't stop. Because what's he going to do? I mean, he's got, a, that's all he has. Years, like, that's, it's not gonna get his worse. skill set is lying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is wild. And now to see how he can use that against him. And I felt bad for those poor prisoners. Cause I'm like, first off, Huge for the volleyball community for prison. You know, like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably going to be huge. But secondly, what's he doing to the prisoners in there? What is he doing? To, you you know, like this thing doesn't stop just because he got put in jail. He's getting his ass kicked is what's going on. I hope yeah. so. I mean, no, he is. He's spending 23 of 24 hours in a special housing unit. One day of walking and, and one hour of outside of it to walk and. Oh, yeah, well, good, 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 good. Karma um, bitch. Because he's trying to do things like that. He's filing um, all these motions against the prison system, against the legal the system. It's just all this. I love our legal system and I love it. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Sarah and Nippy, uh, you can tell I'm big fans of yours. Not oh, only, you. I mean, the story you went through is just harrowing and brave and all of these kind of amazing things. But at the same time, the podcast, just as a podcaster, you guys, I really highly, highly recommend this. Like I have the whole hour and like I've done many times before. I think this is, I'm sure you guys were wondering why I even asked you to do this being the kind of podcast I was, but I think there's so much crossover here in terms of what our interests are, you guys. And yes. I believe their podcast, like I, you know, and I got to I feel proud when I listen to their podcast. I'm like, look what I did. I did something good <laughs> with my day and I learned something with my day and I learned what to stay away from. And I learned about people's stories that aren't housewives. And I feel like I did something. So what do we always do? We subscribe right now. We take a second. It's the quickest That's thing awesome. you can do. And then we do five stars immediately because you know, it's going to be good because I wouldn't ask people on this that suck. And I know that sounds silly, but it's the easiest, freest thing that you can do to support your fellow podcaster or somebody that you enjoy listening to. I mean, and this is like something I feel very comfortable in recommending. You did me such a favor in joining us. And thank you so much for not canceling. This, this <laughs> Again. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> because I truly, I just wanted to say how important you had been to this last couple of years. Oh. And I hate, I like talk about enjoyments from what you've had to go through or what you talk about, but I do get, um, uh, I guess I do enjoy learning from you guys. And well, that's, that's okay. That, that's compliment, great truly. because the, the biggest concern was our personal lives becoming other people's entertainment. And I wanted to make sure it became a, a, a lesson. Yeah, like you rose yeah. above that and now yeah. you act. That's what I say. It's so cool that you get your flowers now and that people are actually <laughs> coming to you and yeah. for, for something that has nothing. Like we, we talked about the vow, but like that's what I love is that this podcast has vow stuff in there. There's Nixium stuff in there because of your experience, but you get to learn so much more. Turns out there's a lot of scary groups out there and there's mm-hmm. a lot of survivors. And I think we need to celebrate that 
every day. So the podcast is a little bit culty and hopefully I'll get to cross paths with you guys yeah, at some other be, point. We'd Same love here, it. Ryan. Are but not in like a cult. Yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. West Hollywood. But I, uh, are you, uh, if you ever, yeah. If you ever, if you ever want to hang out, I would love you guys to want to be friends. Let's be I would friends. love to. I, w- I would absolutely <laughs> love to. Um, okay. I will. I'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Wait, thanks, don't, Ryan. Don't ha- say goodbye, but don't hang up. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to. Bye. Okay. And you guys, I didn't hang, I mean, I didn't hang up. I just stopped recording. And then she invited me to that thing and I couldn't go. And it kills me to this day. So Sarah and Nippy, if you're listening, I hope we get to hang out at some other point. And I just think your story is the best. And you guys, their podcast is the best. It's called A Little Bit Culty. I'm just going to keep saying it until you guys listen. Thank you for joining with us today. I know we talked about some heavy subjects. Also, I want to do one more plug for Masterclass. Go check that out and use, uh, I think it's masterclass.com forward slash so bad but go check it out i really 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 want them to continue as my sponsors so you guys gotta go check it out and also it is just dang cool i love master classes like i love a little bit colty and sarah and nippy so you guys i will talk to you on wednesday be safe traveling if today's a travel day for all of you guys and um uh, i hope we're here to get you through we got some really funny episodes me and annabelle did a four-hour you've got mail recap uh, be prepared. It gets, it gets cra- a little bit crazy. Betches.